Hi, this is Matt Spiro. Thanks for listening to Le Bourgeois. Don't forget, we welcome your comments on social media using the hashtag LeBourgeois or via our email leagueandpodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy this week's pod and we'll be back very soon. A bientôt. Armel, how did you get in this morning? I cycled like I do every day. Well done. You're looking fit as a fiddle. Armel Tangi, who was who was at the Parc des Princes and uh, had uh, a pretty enjoyable match to commentate. Let's uh, let's listen to the action. Um, Armel brings it to us. There's an early chance for Paris with Neymar and an early goal. That didn't take very long, did it? Now Golovin striking goalwards. It comes back for the Russian. He finds Fabregas. Brilliant ball into Benyadere. And surely it's Shelson Martins. And Monaco are level. Benyadere opens up the space and finishes. Monaco are 2-1 up. And that is a finish worthy of a man leading the scoring charts in Ligue 1. Di Maria. Neymar. Neymar going for goal and the deflection of Fode Balotore takes it in. Now room for Mbappe behind the uh, full-back. It's Jelson Martins too. He could go round him. The penalty's given. The usual curved run-up from Neymar. The steps and the finish. Harry Saint-Germain back in the lead. Thanks to her Neymar, who's really proving to be the difference this evening. Shelson Martins past Vidati. Still going, Shelson Martins, and it may be deflected in Slimani. Oh, the flag is up, and it's a goal. The goal stands. Marquinhos's touch on the way through clearly made the difference in the mind of the officials. Well, what a tremendous game to uh, to kick off 2020 in terms of uh, Ligue 1 and, uh, and Week 20. Um, Paris Saint-Germain 3, Monaco 3. Just before I, I ask for your thoughts, Armel, I just uh, remind people or let them know they're listening to Le Bourgeois, our official Ligue 1 podcast. It's interactive. You can get involved using the hashtag Le Bourgeois on social media. You can email us using uh, our email, ligue1podcast at gmail.com. Plenty to talk about this week. Armel, PSG had a real game um, on Sunday night. It's not always the case, particularly at the Parc des Princes, but Monaco, first league 1 game with their new coach, Robert Moreno, who replaced Leonardo Jardim um, during the winter break. Um, and they took the game to Paris, didn't they? Yes, but I don't think there was a single person in the world watching that thought after Neymar's third minute goal that Monaco were going to make a game of it. It only took them a few minutes to to prove that they were going to, and it, re- it really was... Uh, a great game of football. Both sides were in top form. Well, well, both sides in top form. I don't think PSG were in top form. Neymar was in top form. Monaco as a unit were brilliant. But I think um, Neymar really carried Paris Saint-Germain last night and could have been a hat-trick. I think he probably thought he did have a hat-trick because the stadium announcer shouted his name yeah. out for all three goals. I think he apologised, the stadium announcer, for the second goal. Oh, so yeah? It might be a own okay, goal. Balotore yeah, yeah. own goal in the end. Do you think do you think PSG were a bit surprised because they they're used to kind of being uh, given the ball you know they 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 have possession for 70 80% of the time at home Monaco they went there with an attacking team and they and they tried to to keep the ball win the ball 
Yeah, well, I, I, I think uh, observers were surprised. I don't. I hope PSG weren't surprised because that would be a fairly serious uh, overconfidence from a side playing against fellow professionals. But I think everyone watching was surprised, and maybe that's how how people interpret it that PSG was surprised. We no? saw. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I see what oh, you I mean. I think they were. <laughs> if, if when Thiago Silva comes across to speak to Thomas Tuchel and says, "I've got no protection. They're just running at us. We're defending with two players," that shows that they're surprised. Well, this is it, and we've got to. Uh, stress the fact that Tuchel, he's persevering with this uh, 4-2-4 formation, which has looked outstanding. And I saw him in a post-match interview saying, oh, you guys, you you all say it's amazing. We've hit the winning formula with our four attackers, Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe and uh, Icardi. And then as soon as we draw a game, everybody is questioning it. But when you look at that game and you look at the number of chances that Monaco created, I think it was... I had 16, six in the 16, first half. 16 shots. Six clear chances Mon- in the first half. Monaco, 16 shots. PSG, 13, which is six on target each. You know, that is a warning, isn't it? In terms of, you know, the game against Borussia Dortmund coming up in the Champions League in a month or so. Um, good teams. They had they, they, they had Verratti and um, Gay, Gay in, in midfield. And like you say, Dave, Thiago Silva didn't get the protection. I'll stick my neck out. I hadn't thought about this before Matt just made that point, but... Kayla Navas was brilliant, wasn't he? Would PSG probably lost that? No, well, they'd have still been on the pitch. Just... Took Ben Yedder out. I know Jelson Martins tapped the ball in, but uh, there's got to be a card produced there, probably a yellow because of the, mm. the goal being scored. But uh, if Jelson Martins doesn't put that chance away, then we might have seen a, a very different game. Well, there's certainly well, there's penalty if Jelson Martin doesn't score a penalty yeah. and probably yeah. a yellow card. Mm. Robbie, do two PS... great saves from from Navas, but yeah, I I, I think Monaco showed that, that Paris will have to play better in this system and that the likes of Di Maria, Neymar will have to get back, will have to offer more support to midfield. And also that Verratti and Gay, or the two holding men in midfield, need to really cover mm. those attacking four. And I'm not because... sure they can. I'm not sure Verratti can, for certainly for 90 minutes. Well, Leandro I, Paredes I think... has play, been playing a lot of football Paredes... in this four four two over yep. the last six weeks. So I think Paredes is, is an option. I think Marquinhos is an option because Kimpembe will come back. I, it's, it's also how the fullbacks play. Bernat and Meunier yeah. have to sit totally a lot agree. more in that situation. Totally but, agree. Uh, there was a reason why Moreno left Slimani on the bench and went with the mobility of mm. Keita Balde and Jelson Martins out wide. And that was because he knows that Mernier in particular, but Bernat more than usual, I thought last night, push forward and leave gaps behind them. And well, to- they, I spoke to Tuchol and at half time he said they did pull Juan Bernat to get him to sit more, to play deeper. And in the second half, Monaco do barely have an, a chance to score. Let, mm. Let's face it, there's the corner. Did he speak to him at half time? After the match and asked him Rob what he the said. the team talk. <laughs> and asked him what he said at half time. Okay. <laughs> To be fair, briefly, sorry, Di Maria and Neymar, I was impressed again by how much they were tracking back. But when your fullbacks are that high up, Mm. you're not going to go beyond them, are you? So it made it very difficult and Monaco really, really exploited the flaws in PSG's attacking system last night. I think Tuchel has created a a problem for him. Well, I wouldn't say created a problem for himself, but I'm not sure the plan is working and is going to work. And I know it's one game and I know they've just drawn one game. But when I, I looked at his interview, his post-match interview on Canal Plus, and he, was, he, he often is very animated and, and charismatic, but he was really, he was sort of really fretting about it, the questions about his, his quatre fantastique and, and can you do it against Dortmund? And I feel he's got a bit of a fixation that he wants to make it work. And it has worked when the four of them were, were you know, tracking back all together and fighting. I just think against a quality team, and we saw last night that Monaco can be a quality team, I just don't think it is going to work. 
And and you know, and I just wonder if that's going to be their undoing in the Champions League. Well, but, that's what fifteen goals in three games since the turn of the year. They've yeah, I think it's won thirty-seven t- in seven games now. So, but or, yeah. not all with the four up front yeah, together, yeah. right? Four, but these... four two since the two-two with Real Madrid. It's right, okay. There's a difference playing Linas Moleri or Saint Etienne with ten men and playing against the team like Monaco or Dortmund. Absolutely, I, I think in a way, last night might actually end up suiting Tuchel because he can point to that if he does eventually decide he needs to drop one of the the catcher of fantastique because he needs greater security he can point to that game and say this is exactly why and mm. i'd like to see him give it another go on wednesday because they play monaco again on wednesday and we're already looking but forward to that game does, and hoping yeah. it will live up to the standards of sunday's game because I, I don't really want to focus on the negatives too much because it was just such a great game to watch. And, and Monaco that, were why, excellent. That's why people get excited about football. I want to see matches like that. I don't want to see a team sitting back, as we've complained mm. about far mm. too often against Paris Saint-Germain, just resigned to their fate. I want to see two teams going for it. And it's it's unlike, Dave, it's really unlike you to, to not want to be negative. I'm disappointed in you. Also, but, well, but, but well done for some year. positivity. 2020. I just, I just want to, yeah, <laughs> New Year's resolution. But let, I just want to get my point in. I think he... He may he may well bring in a third midfielder against Dortmund, but I just think my point about him creating this sort of fixation and 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 trying to install this this front four. If he then goes to a four three three, I feel it then sends out me- negative signals, and I just think he you know he he has created that, and I think it's become a problem. I was just about to say very unlike uh, Robbie as well. There, I just heard him complimenting PSG's opposition. Oh no, always. And I do if want to talk about ever can beat if, or draw with and I do want, yeah, and I want to talk good. about Monaco, guys, absolutely, <laughs> mm. because this this is uh, one of the best teams on paper in, in Liga. I think there's no question about it. When you look at the individuals that they've got, um, and you know, and you look at that midfield, Fabregas, Bakayoko, Golovin, you know, technically there oh, aren't too many better midfields than that. Well, in, they have in, the in same Liga. problem. You leave Bakayoko totally exposed. He has to do the work of two or three men. Um, yeah, and, that, that. and that's something yeah. that Robert Moreno is going to have to work on. What I did like last night, the, the artistry of the Fabregas pass for when mm. Navas took out uh, Ben Yedder, that's the real <laughs> Cesc Fabregas. And Fabregas was shattered after 50, 55 minutes and yeah. was walking around up front Danny Alves style before he got substituted. And we've talked about Fabregas a fair bit on the podcast. <laughs> and what do you do with him? He's still got another two years left on his contract, two and a half years left on his contract. And he does look old for a 32-year-old. He looks old. He hasn't got the condition to go a full 90. I'd say play him like at the Parc des Princes, get a good hour out of him and just know that you're going to have to use one of your three substitutes every time. And I think Robert Moreno might be able to do that. I think Moreno definitely wants to use Fabregas, not just you know as a player, but also as a sort of um, leader leader and, and messenger on the, key, on, on, on the field to try to get his, uh, his tactics across. But no, you- it's, it's the Barcelona influence, isn't it? That mm. it, I, I commentated the first game that Moreno took charge of, which was the Coupe de France game at home to Reims, which they won fortuitously because uh, if VAR had been involved, Keita Balde's winner would have been ruled out for handball. But um, <laughs> Balde was at La Masia. He says the training sessions are very similar to Barcelona and Moreno's principles are, are Barcelona-esque. Fabregas talks about that as well, says the training sessions are like Pep Guardiola's, Tito Villanova's, and that the style that Moreno wants involves a lot of running from everybody. So they're, they're going to have to be very well, how fit long, how to long put this into practice. How long has he had? I mean, practice. was it 10 days of training or so? Yeah, just about yeah. two weeks. Yeah. He was appointed weeks. late December. 
for me, for me, it's also an indictment of uh, of Jardim, and it it shows that the players weren't running for him, and they're better players mm. than they've shown. I well, know they da- were getting two points a game. Yeah, Dave, da- da- Dave's keen matches. to point out they got twenty six from the points from the last thirteen well, games. They're yeah, one of the best top three form sides in the competition since week seven or week eight of the I, season. I, so. I said in the last podcast, you've probably forgotten because of the amount of champagne you drank during it, Matt. <laughs> that, that Monaco would definitely finish on the podium if Jardim stayed. Uh, I still think they're going to finish on the podium now. But well, I think you'd been drinking too much champagne. It's a ridiculous claim. They're currently eighth in the league, and why? Why would they definitely finish in the because top three? Because they're going half two a... points a game. And yeah, I but what happened in the first, half, what happened in the first half of the season? It was, was only five eighth. games. It was five games that they did really badly. They signed the players, and they've been much better since. Ta- tactically, five games are five games. I mean. Tactically, I, I I really enjoyed what Robert Moreno did last night, and could already see the differences between the way he set up and the way Jardim set up. Notably on the right-hand side, and I think when PSG won the penalty, that was exposed because most of this season, playing at right full-back has been Jelson Martins. Clearly not his position. The guy can't defend. We saw that when Mbappe mm. just thought, oh, it's him, going to go round him, penalty. And Benjamin Henricks, he was a German international when they signed him. He's barely had a look in. I think he's a good player. Every time I've seen him play, I've liked him. He's put him in. I thought he did the job last night. He pushed up to try and help Jelson Martins attack when... Mbappe went down the other end for that goal, but uh, there seems to be more of a more of a balance, more about trying to play players in positions they're good in, where, instead of moulding the team to your ideas and just putting people where you want them. And I think what we'll see when they play against teams that don't like having the ball as much as Paris Saint Germain do is you'll see that high press. They they really did that for the first ten minutes of the the cup game against Rams because you're up against the best defence in the top division when you're taking on rounds and they wanted to try and disrupt the flow make it difficult for Abdelhamid to play the ball out of defence so you're going to see that a lot more when Monaco take on weaker opposition Thanks to uh, to Jardim's fine work in the first half of the season Monaco are only four points off a podium place um, given the uh, the other results this weekend they're currently eighth um, they can do it I, I, I do feel it's a massive gamble it may be a very uh, inspired one to to have brought in Robert Moreno who's not coached uh, a club at at the highest level he has coached briefly the Spanish national team having been Luis Enrique's assistant for so long I, I have to admit reading about it when I heard the news I thought this was a left field decision that would um, go badly wrong and I thought they'd probably ship four or five at, at, at the Parc de Prince I was very wrong so you know perhaps this is based on considerable knowledge and Robert Moreno is going to be a, a top coach well he seems to know all the PSG players very well he got a huge hug from Neymar at the well, start of the Neymar. game yeah. Yeah. he, he gave Sarabia his first he's chatting with Spain. Navas as well yeah. doesn't mean you're a great coach but, 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 but I think he's got more Thierry Henry got lots yeah, of Thierry hugs Thierry as well when Thierry <laughs> came out no, Robert Moreno knows how to put on a training session better than Thierry Henry and mm. how to set up a team more than Thierry Henry yeah. does now what, they're 4-1-4-1 because everyone knew they were going to play 4-1-4-1 because that's how it was with the Spain national team as well and with the two wide men, it's almost a Barcelona 4-3-3, but it's a little bit different. Maybe they're getting more defensive work out of the likes of Balde and, and Jelson Martins as well to, to pull back. Just one thing, the important things on Le Bourgeois. Got a new coach. Hair? What do we reckon? It was the coat that was worrying the me coat, last night. Right. Yeah, sort of a designer dustman's yeah. jacket. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I thought the, the coat was I think yeah. Very neat hair, though. Neat hair, good. Nice. He he good. he proudly announced that he has twenty eight years of uh, of coaching experience. Um, he's looking quite well given that he started when he's he was forty two. He started when he was fourteen. Yeah, okay. Mm. Which is which is impressive 
in some ways. Mm. But I, I, I always find it weird, kids who want to become coaches. That's or coaching the school team, coaches, is it? Or, or coaching at half-time, coaching referees. during the lunch Becoming break. a coach is better than becoming a referee at 14. But no, actually, I've got nothing against becoming a referee. But. What, what it does do is it gives us another coach 14, in, that, in that young bracket who's fluent in several languages that um, at Stade Louis Deux, because there's not so much of a crowd there, there will be on Wednesday, you can hear everything that the coaches are saying. And he was giving instructions to Henriks in English, to other players in Spanish, to other players in French. And I, I find that remarkably impressive to get your message across succinctly and in several languages. You're still learning French, aren't you? Yeah, getting there. Yeah. <laughs>